The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now we're off to Malaysia today, East Malaysia, where we're catching up with Bezra Gold. Now Bezra has been in the uh, news recently, they uh, put a bit of a rocket under the share price and it's all related to their funding plans for their Bao Gold project in Sarawak there. It's a three million ounce uh, deposit, it's got a, some people will tell you the been producing gold there since the 12th century, but if you look from the 1820s, it's been a consistent producer of gold for many, many years, and Bezra is planning to revitalise things and uh, turn the uh, the project into a, a serious gold producer. Now, we have Ray Shaw with us, the CEO. We've had Ray on the program before, so it's great to have him back to give us an update on the funding solution the company has come up with. G'day, Ray. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Barry. And listen, thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to talk to you and your listeners and give them an update on the Bezra story. Now, a uh, lot to talk about today, uh, and it all go- gets down to this US $300 million drawdown off-take funding facility, which is uh, a long way of saying you're not going to be diluting everyone out of existence by having to go down the equity-based uh, dilutive process. So, Tell us what you've done here and uh, what it means for the project and the company going forward. Yes, certainly, Barry. Look, you're you're quite right. The bane of all junior miners, of course, is in that pre-development stage of of wanting to go through development. And uh, uh, particularly in recent times, it's becoming harder and harder to find uh, traditional sources of uh, project finance. And so we're becoming more reliant upon equity-based sources, which are very, very diluted for all our shareholders. To some extent, I refer to this sort of pre-development development stage as being something of no man's land. Investors typically like the idea and say, well, we'll come back and have a look at you once you've, you, you've got your nameplate production up and going. What we've been very fortunate to, to be able to do is um, link in with Quantum Metal Recovery, which is uh, now our largest shareholder. It is a, a US-based company trades in the US, but importantly, it has two of its principals who are Malaysian-based, and one in particular is uh, located in Sarawak, which is a state in eastern uh, Malaysia that you mentioned on the island of Borneo, uh, which is where our sole Bao Goldfield asset is located. Long story short is that they are a uh, well-established gold bullion dealer. They heard about our uh, our involvement in trying to reinvigorate the gold industry at, uh, at Bao. The last commercial operation closed in 1997. One of the principals involved there has a, uh, a very strong desire to see uh, the gold industry reinvigorated. They came from a local village in that area and they, they know the benefits that can happen. So um, they have entered into this uh, uh, funding facility that you mentioned with Ezra to provide up to $300 million, which is based on a, uh, a gold offtake purchase facility that uh, they'll 
effectively give us a 5% deposit on up to 3 million ounces of gold, which will free up up to a maximum of some US $300 million for BESRA to be able to go through, establish its processing facilities and mine at BAO, and also with the opportunity to expand some of the other activities. So uh, I'm sure you'll have lots of other questions, but that, in a nutshell, is uh, is the essence of what we're doing. So just to be clear, so they, uh, Quantum, that is, a, I think they're about a 29% shareholder now. In terms of this facility, they're paid in... Uh, future production ounces, essentially. Correct. So they give us a five to five uh, percent deposit on a, and uh, that is at the time they give us five five percent deposit. It normally will be in US ten million dollar uh, amounts on a monthly basis over uh, approximately twenty four to thirty months, and um, uh, that price is then set. So what we then are obligated to do in due course is to. Uh, repay them by allowing them to purchase our future gold production at 85% of the uh, of the reference price. In effect, 85% of the reference price plus the 5% deposit that they had given us basically means that they're purchasing their future gold at a 10% discount uh, to, to what the price is. So that's, that's the advantage to them. And uh, will they be advancing funds before production? Absolutely. And, and that's one of the, the really uh, important and attractive things for Bezra and its shareholders. Uh, as you would be very well aware, it's uh, virtually impossible to get any funding during the feasibility stage and, uh, and uh, pre, the pre-development stage. Um, through normal project financing. That's that's typically the realm of uh, equity funding. However, we've got a very um, uh, a very flexible arrangement, which uh, uh, the funds that they provide to us are not only uh, for the construction and commissioning of our uh, mine and plant operations, but also associated with uh, any costs of you know our mining lease renewals, feasibility studies. Uh, expiration and indeed even M and A down the track, um, if if that was necessary. Um, what what I can say is that, uh, and people who have looked at the, this arrangement that we've got so far, the underpinning uh, attractiveness of it is its novelty. It is not a boilerplate production sharing. Uh, sorry, a boilerplate uh, project finance arrangement. Uh, this is where our largest shareholder, which has downstream gold bullion activities, is seeking to extend its areas of interest upstream into the gold mining uh, operations. So uh, from a quantum perspective, uh, some people might wonder, well, if they're taking on a, a lot of risk, but uh, being bullion buyers and sellers themselves, uh, they'll be passing through. As it were, look. It's uh, you hit upon the the nub of their involvement, and that is that Quantum have a Sharia license to sell gold. So they're a, as you know, Malaysia. Not so much Eastern Malaysia, but Malaysia itself is a is a Muslim country. Mm-hmm. They, as such, they're very keen to produce gold out of Malaysia. 
and with their Sharia license to then be able to on-sell gold to, they have a very substantial client base, um, which is obviously in Malaysia and other dominantly Muslim jurisdictions. So there is a very strong very strong relationship between wanting to develop their own business model and assist mm. us. There's, there's a uh, strong synergy there. So obviously, if they can start to produce uh, gold out of Malaysia as part of their uh, overall uh, Sharia uh, uh, license to, to sell their gold, to them that is a... Uh, a very good uh, outcome. Now, uh, US $300 million, uh, sounds like a big figure. It is a big figure, particularly in terms of uh, uh, junior mining companies. But let's put it in context of the overall project. Um, $300 million US worth of gold is what sort of percentage of future potential production or resource base or reserve base? What? Look, at the moment, we have around about 3 million ounces of jaw resource. And so that... Uh, uh, so you look at that and you think, well, you know, that's that's the three million. That's the three million ounces. The reality is, however, that they have such a um, uh, strong uh, commitment to what we're doing, and obviously the decision at this stage to provide funding is is against our our existing footprint. But um, as some of your listeners will be aware. Um, in our uh, announcements that we have previously made, we've got an expiration target for a further uh, 4.9 to 9.3 million ounces within the Bow Corridor. So their, their position at this stage is as our substantial shareholder, so they're not entirely arm's length of all this. It's, it's going together as a, uh, um, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of synergy in there. They, they're seeing that... Uh, uh, in future, and because of the flexible nature of the funding, that we will invariably be expanding. And um, I, I just point out again that part of that expansion can be, you know, obviously anywhere within the bow area where we're currently located. It may be other places in in, in Malaysia. Um, there, there's a whole range of of, uh, uh, of opportunities there, and and it's not only. A, uh, a vote of confidence in the actual concession areas that we have interest in at the moment, but it is also uh, a vote of confidence in the in the people behind it, and uh, particularly our in-country people are um, virtually ninety-five percent local Malaysian-based people who have the same very strong ideals about seeing the reinvigoration of the in-country gold mining. Now the. Um I think previous feasibility study type work was based on US $1,300 an ounce gold. Here we are knocking on the door of US $2,000 an ounce gold. I'm just wondering, uh, are you recasting your feasibility work uh, in wake of the higher gold price environment? Yes, uh, good uh, good question to ask because very much so. That's that's going to be one of our short term focuses is uh, precisely on uh, upgrading the metrics that we used previously. Um, we did undertake last year a uh, a follow up drilling program in our most advanced project, which is the Jugan project, uh, which is where that. Uh, feasibility study that you're talking of uh, uh, relates to and we will be looking at the moment that's a 960,000 ounce chalk most of it is measured and indicated 
but we would be looking initially at starting that as a standalone uh, operation. We, we have an EIA uh, on foot at the moment and expecting to get approval in the short period of time to be able to construct a pilot plant to do some further uh, process testing. It is a refractory type gold, so it, it is a, a gold which is more difficult to uh, produce a dore. And initially, we will probably start off with a export quality concentrate. Uh, and in, in uh, fullness of time, we'll be able to uh, to proceed to producing uh, uh, gold bullion, uh, all things being equal. Now, I did mention that the share price has uh, performed strongly since announcing the uh, the funding facility, but uh, trading at 9.3 cents uh, today for a market cap of 40 million uh, suggests to me that uh, there's some other issues there with investors, and I'd just like to tick them off with you if I could. And you just mentioned one there, the refractory uh, nature of the gold. No big deal. That's what uh, one of the biggest gold mining centres in the world, Carlin, deals with day in, day out. Ravenswood up in Queensland. Do you see that as a, well, in some investors' minds, uh, a reason for the, the quite modest market cap at this stage? It certainly has been historically. When we looked at, uh, at IPOing back in uh, 2020, 21, before we finally relisted, it was uh, an issue. And indeed, the original feasibility study that you referred to earlier was undertaken as a example of the fact that uh, the mineralisation, the, the grade of mineralisation at uh, the the Bow Gold Field was capable of supporting commercial development, and as you say, that that was back at the time when gold was around thirteen hundred dollars an ounce. There have been significant uh, changes, of course, in the technology since that, that even since that program was done some ten years ago. And uh, but yes, I, I think the short answer is that it's something that some people are, have been sceptical about. Also, as you know, uh, with refractory. There is a, a higher capex, and uh, obviously, by having uh, Quantum in there now, providing the the financial facility that it is uh, proposed, uh, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. So we can fast track and get on to uh, uh, to, to the technical issues, the ESG issues, etc., and, and progress things. So uh, I think that's you know we've been able to uh, remove the the funding and underpinning that is the fact that uh, I think people will see that if there's successful business uh, entities involved in quantum that are based in Malaysia, that it follows that there's uh, will be a, a correction to what people perceive to be sovereign risk. And I think that's another one of the points where people sometimes tick the box that, um, you know, Malaysia, they, they wonder about uh, its its um, investment jurisdiction uh, attributes. There has been, you've touched on uh, the, my next question, was uh, the, the status of the concessions there. Um, there was a national park that I think you handed some uh, nearby that you handed some land back. So I'm just wondering when we talk about your concessions there, they're all locked away and uh, no, no issues with them now? 
Uh, look, the, um, uh, there are still some legacy issues that we're, we're dealing with. The, I, I can say that one of the, the, the key priorities of, uh, since we've, we've listed, some people will be aware of the, uh, the period of time that BESRA has been involved. I, I should just point out that BESRA and its antecedents have actually uh, been involved in this area for, for over 20 years. So we've got a very experienced uh, group of, of people, as I mentioned before, our uh, you know it's the best in country team that uh, I've ever come across. They're extremely well experienced, uh, but it, it's fair to say too that uh, because Bezra had uh, went through a rationalisation process before it uh, listed on the ASX back in uh, late 2021, there was a, an interregnum there where not much was being done, and there was a degree of scepticism that evolved. And, and we're very keen at the moment to uh, to remedy that. And certainly by having the uh, this this uh, uh, amount of funding available now, we'll be able to uh, uh, very much go in and uh, and demonstrate that uh, uh, we we now will be able to deliver on on uh, either previous promises or on on uh, our new aspirations. Yeah, well, hasten to add that um, an organisation like Quantum would have done their uh, due diligence so obviously they've ticked off uh, well you've got a real project um, and you've got real titles so uh, before yeah exactly and I, I think that just uh, emphasizes what I said earlier that people who look at that will think well you know quantum wouldn't have gone into this if they didn't believe that it that it had legs and um, uh, so people I think should take that on board in in terms of you know what the viability of this is going to be going forward so uh, I've certainly even in the few months that quantum have been involved, I've, I've, I have uh, seen a, uh, a you know change in the I think even in the local community attitude to what it is that we're doing. Uh, so uh, uh, which has been very very positive. And and you know my background in in past uh, in working with listed companies is I, I have a very strong commitment to ESG. It's uh, a social. Uh, license to uh, to operate in in any community or jurisdiction now is is at the fore and um, as people have said they don't want uh, mining in the area well my response is yes well we're not going to mine as people did back in the 1970s the 1990s we're talking about mining from the 2020s onwards and that is a very different uh, a very different proposition we should mention this uh, where your uh, bow corridor there um, that extends into neighboring and Calumet town um, my pronunciation is not real good today because of a head cold, but Kalimantan, uh, where I think there's a couple of five, 10 million ounce projects that have been gold producing uh, operations been going for uh, decades now, I think. Yes, I guess what it does do, because people often ask, well, uh, what other mining is there in Malaysia? And there is not a, and there is not a lot, you're quite right. To, to some extent that makes it a bit more difficult because whereas in Australia you can point to the benefits, the community benefits and other benefits of mining and you uh, can, can talk about the best practices that are available now, you don't have those uh, examples necessarily to point to within Malaysia. The other issue that you, you raise about the Bow Corridor, of course, is it is part of a uh, uh, of a 
a larger, if you like, pan mineralization zone that extends around through, uh, it's an arcuate area that extends around through uh, Borneo. And it represents what was previously a, uh, a Cretaceous um, uh, continental margin, which has been subjected in uh, tectonic terms to, to similar uh, history. And uh, there are a number of, as you say, quite large, five, seven million ounce fields along this trend, which probably extends the best part of a thousand kilometres. And, and so the... The concept you mentioned uh, with the mineralisation, the similarity with Carlin-style mineralisation in uh, uh, in Nevada, in particular, um, it does raise the spectre that uh, us talking of having another four point nine to nine point three million ounces is is not necessarily a pipe dream because Carlin-style mineralisation, uh, whilst it is refractory gold, can be the source of significant elephants. Well, exciting times. So let's bring it all together and give investors a feel for where to now. When does this uh, money uh, likely to uh, start flowing and uh, what does it mean in terms of uh, actually building a project and uh, getting into production? Well, the, uh, we're, we're obviously involved at the moment in, in finalising the, uh, the, the agreement uh, following the term sheet having been signed in the last week. We're, we're hopeful that that will all be in place and that the first funds uh, resulting from that uh, final agreement uh, sign-off will be uh, by the end of this financial year, uh, perhaps a, a bit bit before that. Uh, Quantum are very keen to get the funding to us as soon as they, uh, as soon as we can. And uh, But what that will mean to us, obviously, is a very significant ramp up. I think it's fair to say, like most junior miners, Bezra has been something of a hand-to-mouth type situation. We get the funds in, we um, do as we say we're going to do and put the money in the ground. Uh, we've, we've all we've basically been continuously mining, except for a short period since we listed in 2021. We've had some very good results, not only uh, at Jugan, but more recently at Bekajang. Uh, and I guess Bekajang was a classic case of, of where uh, drilling a little bit deeper and a little bit smarter and using uh, coring rather than RC drilling, we've been able to identify um, uh, deeper zones. When I say deeper, we're talking 40 to 80 metres that, that have got uh, bonanza-grade mineralisation. So it just highlights the fact that Bow is a... Uh, whilst it's been explored for 200 years... It has not been all the easy gold, if you like, has been taken off the oxidised material, but the the refractory gold has not been um, addressed properly at all. And uh, so we're really going to push ahead with that and push ahead, obviously, with our first standalone commercial production uh, as soon as we possibly can. Well, there we go, folks. A uh, company with a multi-million ounce uh, resource with a uh, funding facility uh, being... Uh Put to bed soon uh, so they can really get cracking on uh, reviving the old gold field that, as I mentioned earlier, has been around since the 12th century and all housed at the moment inside a $40 million company. So one to watch, I would suggest. So with that, Ray, thanks for your time today. Fascinating story. Good luck with it all and we'll be watching with interest. Thank you very much, Barry, and really appreciate your questions. Cheers. Cheers.